Welcome to Redefining Reality, where we live at the intersection of wellness, business, and the birth of a global tribe. So relax your body-mind, open your heart, and recognize that we are the ones we've been waiting for. Welcome back to this week's episode of Redefining Reality. I am Brian Hardy, your host, wellness coach, and holistic nutritionist. And this week is a great one. We did another live edition of the Holistic Biohacking Series over at Alternity. And my guest was Miss Tammy Price, certified medical intuitive, blogger, teacher, coach. And we dive into all sorts of interesting stuff and dive into her story, which is quite profound and quite enlightening, I think, for a lot of people, particularly around cancer and dealing with a health crisis and her story about her visualization technique that she used during radiotherapy was quite, quite eye-opening and uh, just a beautiful, beautiful practice for anyone who's going through such a challenging and oftentimes, you know, defeating sort of experience you know it's not easy to go through cancer treatment and uh, we we really need all the support we can get and our mind often offers the best support available so that's that the things that we mention books resources um, recommendations are all linked up in the show notes at brianhardy.ca slash tammy And that's where you'll find the blog post, you'll find all those links, and you will also find the link for our sponsor, which is Audible. Audible is one of my favorite services, truly. I am a voracious consumer of audiobooks and programs, probably to a fault sometimes. And for all my listeners, we have a 30-day free trial offer where you can get 30 days free of Audible service and a free audiobook, which you can keep even if you cancel after the trial um, or before the trial ends, rather, to avoid being charged. So you can definitely do that. Go on over there. Audible has so many great titles. So, so many. The latest one that I've been getting into is Mating in Captivity by Esther Perel. Fantastic book. Very, very insightful and uh, very useful for helping us to understand how to relate romantically and practically and to develop partnerships and be with those that we love and uh, not drive ourselves crazy or try and run away or, you know, all of the various issues that can crop up uh, as we relate. So that's my little recommendation for today. Again, that's at audibletrial.com slash Brian Hardy. That link will be at the blog post show notes as well. I hope you enjoy this. I hope to see you out at one of these future events at the Alternity Lounge. And until then, be well and stay beautiful. Oh, almost forgot those iTunes ratings and reviews. Please, 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 if you're listening to this, if you have an iTunes account, 
take a minute, take two minutes, go over into iTunes. I know it's a pain in the ass. They don't set it up easily, but give a five-star rating and review if you feel that it deserves such a rating and review. Um, and let us know what you enjoy or what you want to hear more of or what you want to hear less of so we can fine-tune the podcast to really serve your interests. You know, that's why I do this. I do this to share information, to share education, to empower you to live your best, healthiest, most free life. So any feedback and support is always appreciated. And with that, enjoy the episode with Tanya Price. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for being here. Thank you for showing up and uh, tuning in. And this is the third week of Holistic Biohacking live here at the Alternity Space, which is an amazing space. If you haven't uh, made it out here yet, please do. Their menu is off the, off the chain. It's ridiculous. And um, yeah, we're great. You're sipping on a little turmeric chai latte golden chai latte and it is golden yeah and i've got a little salted salted caramel mesquite latte it's just fantastic fantastic it's like, i was just you know when we first walked in here i felt like i was coming into the forest like you f- you're you're feeling in nature here which is wonderful because it's inspiring mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. an oasis in the city mm-hmm. and my guest today Someone I'm very excited to chat with and to dive deep into all sorts of interesting holes and tangents, I'm sure, that will come up. Um, and that's Miss Tammy Price. Thank so you. So welcome. Thank you. Welcome. And Tammy is a certified medical intuitive as well as an instructor at the, I forget the exact name. International College of Medical Intuition. The International College of Medical Intuition, which is based in BC. Correct. Um, as well as a writer and a coach, I believe, and probably many other facets that we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll dive into. But thank you for coming out. Thank you for having me. This My is great. I, I love that we're going to be talking about this, all these things tonight. Mm-hmm. It gets me excited. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. So I guess I would love to start. I mean, most of us seem to have um, pivotal moments in life. Where, where things change and they're completely, you know, forever altered or it, the path just shifts off and it's a new adventure has started. And so I'm, I'm curious to hear if you have that and sort of what that story was like, what that experience was like and what mm-hmm. life before, say, medical intuition um, was. It's a good question. So I think my story really started to unfold um, about seven years ago. Uh, I was working in, in the financial services industry in an advisory capacity, you know, hugely stressful role. Um, not happy in many areas of my life, um, which I came to understand later was because I wasn't feeling happy inside of me. Mm-hmm. So my outer world reflected my, my inner world. Um, I was gifted a book mm. called Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. Mm. And it, it, it changed my life. Just reading that book just sort of set me on this path to, you know, one book led to the next book, led to the next book, and, and courses and conferences and retreats. And, you know, it was, I was like this little sponge. And I often say to people, I feel like it was 
a bit of a university education um, mm. in, in finding myself. Mm. And so I left my job in the corporate world. Um, very quickly thereafter was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm. And, you know, um, the interesting thing is the day that I started in class at the, uni- or at the International College of Medical Intuition was the day I was diagnosed with breast cancer. It was the day I had had my biopsy. Wow. So there was no sort of, I mean, the universe has no, you know, there, there's a plan for all of us. Yeah. And so I, I jumped into, from going for the biopsy into this supportive, loving environment that held space for me mm. to experience what I needed to experience with, with going through the major medical model and being able to cultivate the inner work, which to me was the most important piece of the mm. whole puzzle because I'd never really connected the fact that we had control over our health, that we had, um, you know, that we, that we are responsible, for lack of a better word, for how healthy we are. Mm-hmm. And so I sort of fast-tracked my, my treatments because the interesting thing is I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Literally a couple of days after that, my mom was diagnosed with terminal lung cancer. And then in a short period of time, maybe seven to eight months later, my dad was diagnosed with bladder cancer. Wow. So we had this, you know, little container of, of cancer patients all having the same oncologist in the same hospital going through our, our cancer. And I, I just wanted to be there for my parents and be able to sort of, maybe without them knowing in a little bit of a way, help, help bring some understanding how we might be responsible for our own health. Mm. And so here I was on my own journey, but at the same time trying to radiate that out a little bit to my family to hold us together. My mom has since passed, and um, the interesting thing is that when she did pass, I did feel a space open up for me um, that allowed me to sort of step in, and you know, it was just sort of another phase of the inner work, or the, I, I don't like to call it work, I like to call it adventure, so inner adventure. Mm. Um, it's just, just feels right. It's my mom's gift to me. Wow. Yeah. Wow, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Every story has layers, Brian. Yeah, I love <laughs> Every it. Every story has layers. I love it. And I love to dig. I love yeah. to dig. Um, very interesting. Just a quick little side. My my journey into health, right, started with myself getting quite ill, and then a year later, um, my mother also was diagnosed with breast cancer, and so it was it was my own you know challenge combined with hers that really propelled me to switch courses. Yeah. Um, so that's just It often great. takes a major life awakening for that to happen, you know, and it is an awakening, you know. Um, and, and the interesting thing is so many people look at diagnosis as, as something that is scary, and it, you know, mm-hmm. it is scary. I don't want to take away from that, but it's also an opportunity mm-hmm. for us to really uncover the gifts that are there for us to receive. And I know for me with breast cancer, you know, my realization with the diagnosis is that I was, I was not, I was not um, taking care of myself in the way that honored myself to the highest, to my highest, Mm -hmm. most authentic self. And, and so for me, what I needed to do was understand why I wasn't taking care of myself and work backwards to uncover the origin and, and almost always there's something with self-worth mm-hmm. and then it's understanding what triggered that self-worth going even deeper yeah and then 
And then the best part, what the best part is, and this is the part that I would love, I love to share with people because, you know, we're able once we understand where we're coming from and where we operate in each piece of our life. And actually, my spiritual co- coach Heather Plett out in, in um, out in sort of the Saskatchewan West or the sort of mid Canada area, she taught me something that was transformational. So in dealing with my own self-worth, it was asking myself the question, before, before I take action in any step in my life, I ask myself now, where am I coming from? If I was coming from a place of being 100% worthy, feeling completely whole, how would I handle this situation? How would I move forward with this? And so it sort of becomes second nature when you're taking action in your life, and it can be little things, you're you're maybe not feeling great one day and you go to the store and you're like, oh, maybe I'll buy a shirt. And then you realize that you're doing that to sort of satisfy something in you to make yourself happy. Mm. And and so it's, if I was feeling worthy, would I still do, you know, buy that shirt? Mm. And if you, and you can still buy the shirt even if you realize that you're coming from a place of not being worthy, but at least you have that awareness. Yeah. You know, the, one of the greatest gifts in life for me, um, it was, and, and this was part of my journey, was reading this book called Take Me to the Truth. I don't know if you've heard of it before. It's no. by Nuke Sanchez. Um, Nuke Sanchez and I think Thomas Vieira. Hmm. And it really taught me how to be the observer of myself. And, and to me, it was, a, it was cultivating a practice. You can read the book, and yes, it gives you some awareness, and then you've got to put it into to play a little bit. And so it, it's probably taken a good two to three years to really get to the place where now I'm the, I'm the observer of myself. And it's a natural process. Mm. So I'll give you an example. Today I, I was doing laundry. We're, we're moving next week, and so I'm trying to get caught up on everything, get ready for the move. And I'm doing laundry, and I don't love laundry. Mm, and so I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting there. <laughs> Maybe this will help you then. I'm sitting there, and I'm feeling I'm sweat rising up inside of me. I'm feeling anger, a little bit of, you know, I feel this smile on my face just being <laughs> wiped away. And I'm like, what, what is this? I'm sitting on the laundry room floor, and I'm going, what, what is this feeling? So there's the observer coming in. The observer is, is watching me sweat, watching this sort of negativity rise up inside of me. And then I realized, then the message came through. It's like when you observe that behavior and you understand it, then the messages come. And so the message was, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. My sister was a stay-at-home mom, or is a stay-at-home mom. And in some way in, in my life, I have viewed that as a weakness. Mm. A woman who stays home to take care of the family, to do the laundry. There was something inside of me that, that said, why are they not using their brains? Mm. And so I, I came to that realization and then immediately, immediately the sweat was gone. I wasn't mm. feeling hot. I wasn't feeling angry. I wasn't feeling, I, was, I started to smile and, and sort mm. of laugh at myself. But I've been carrying this old belief with me for so long. And, and now I'm going to enjoy doing laundry <laughs> to the best of my mm. ability. Yeah, I love that. I love that. The, the trick that I've used is um, instead of being like, oh, I have to do laundry, I say to myself, oh, I get to do laundry, right? Changing mindset. Yeah, it's a privilege, right, to have a washing machine. My God, most of the world would die for a washing machine where we can just throw everything in and it does it itself. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And yeah, it's, it's all those little, those little shifts, right, that make such a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is in your adventure. Mm. It, it's, such, it's such an adventure. It's such a gift in life to be able to look at the way we operate and find a deeper meaning and then, and then take action in support of ourselves. Mm. And, and watch how that opens up this space and brings in more joy because when we do that, we're operating from a place of alignment. We're, we're oper- operating from a place of being more authentic. Mm. And, and when we're doing that, we're radiating that, radiating that outwardly and watch what happens. Watch how the universe just smiles upon you mm. when, when you're able to do that. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, to me in life, it's all about being more in alignment, being more authentic being that observer of our life and, and, and watching where we operate from and stepping out in front of the guilt, the blame, the shame, whatever it is that we've been hiding behind. Mm. You know, it's why we talk about a story. I, I often think to myself, why, why do I want to even tell a story? I know it's what captivates people. I know people always want to know where you came from. You know, that sort of left brain thinking. I, I love... I love not knowing the story mm-hmm. and just operating from the place of where are we today? And yeah, that's just to me is exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you never know what's coming next. Yeah. And even to, to try and put together, you know, how we got here, like logic isn't really going to do it for you, right? It's not like A plus B plus C equals D. It's not random, but, you know, a mystery. Yeah. Right? Great mystery. I love that as a term for the divine. Great mystery is one of some of, something that resonates really deeply with me because it doesn't have to be found out. Like, it's, it's not like some scientific quest, you know, to have the answers. As much as my brain might want those answers mm-hmm. at different times. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's more fun that way. It's more... Yeah, and it's, it's getting to the place where we, we know in, inside of us that we're never going to arrive. Mm. You know, we talk about, people talk about enlightenment, of arriving there, of getting to this place and... Having made it. Right. Yeah. And, and really and truly, do we ever make it to this magical place that I don't even know exists? I just know that within me, again, it's the, the purpose is to be more aligned, be more authentic. Mm. And when we do that, just the joy that we can feel every single day, um, you know, and it... It, the interesting thing to me is that I, I, I look at life so differently now mm-hmm. and it's, it's letting go of crutches and I, I, don't even, I don't know of a better word to use than that because I think everybody understands what a crutch is but it's letting go of the things that we seek to make us feel good mm. um, or letting go of like the, the reasons blankets. why we do those things that make us feel good so for example when I first started on this journey and I read that book Return to Love mm-hmm. If I felt like I'd never felt before. It opened something in, in me. And so then I went out on this journey and I started to get book after book and go to chanting and doing yoga and all those things, which are wonderful things. Um, and I still very much enjoy many of them. But the place I'm coming at when I'm doing them now is not from a place of needing to fill myself up because I already feel full. Mm. You know, I can wake up in the morning and lie in my sheets and feel just... In, revel in, the, in, in what I feel um, as opposed to having to wake up and meditate for 20 minutes not that I'm 
I don't believe in meditating because I do, and I still have a practice, but it's not as important as it once was. Mm. Because I feel so much joy within me that so many of those things that I was doing to fill myself up have slowly melted away. Mm-hmm. And, and when you can walk in nature and just feel, and, or walk in here, which is nature, and just, and, and, and just feel the same way you did before you <clears throat> entered into the space, to me, that, that's, that's beautiful. It's just beautiful. Mm. And it reminds me of um, just, you know, the, the sort of self-evident reality that underneath all the conditioning, underneath all the labeling and the identifying and stories is this sort of eternal, everlasting joy and peace and, you know, gladness um, that's always there. Like it's, it's, it's the core, right? It's always there. And so it's not about um, adding to ourselves so much as it is, you know, letting go of what's not serving us. Well, I don't know about that. I think we mm. add to our lives instead of taking away. But it might okay. be in sort of a different way than you're explaining it. Mm. You know, and, and here's here's my sort of feeling for that. We, we, um, we restrict ourselves in life so often by, you know, and I'll just, I often use diet as the example. I could use a thousand other, just diet's the easiest way Mm -hmm. to to explain it. And, you know, this may or may not resonate with you knowing that you're in nutrition. Mm -hmm. Um, But we often create these sort of roadblocks to enjoying life. You know, when we we talk about the uh, spiritual journey, not everything I did is right for everybody. That's what worked for me, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and diets that are out there, for example, or ways of eating, I mean, we all have to sort of cultivate our own way because what, work one, what works for one may not work for the other. And, you know, to me with medical intuition, what I do is I teach people to listen to their bodies, mm-hmm. right? So um, one of the audience members here said tonight she doesn't think she's drinking enough water. And I, I didn't say anything, but I immediately the answer came to me was, well, maybe you are drinking enough water. Because if your body's telling you when you're ready to drink and you do drink, rather than just drinking because somebody says eight cups a day or whatever is good for you, mm-hmm. um, then you're, you're making your own way. You're, making, you're listening to your body, which is more in alignment with who you are. It's an honoring of yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, 2017 has been a, is being a, is a year of honoring myself, and honoring myself, in part, is listening to our body. And so, what I want to do is add to my life and not take away. Mm. So, for example, if you know we we eat a generally healthy lifestyle at home, mm-hmm. our diet is very very healthy. But there are times where maybe I want to indulge in something that doesn't appear to be healthy mm-hmm. that society has deemed to be unhealthy yeah but if my body is asking for it then i'm honoring myself by by indulging in it mm-hmm. does that make sense it does it does i think it can get tricky especially for those that don't have a very deep awareness or understanding of themselves mm-hmm. because you can have all sorts of food cravings and so forth that are triggered by food sensitivities or allergies and so your body can crave what's actually inflaming it 
So it's, you know, it's not the simplest thing, but I do get that. And I have experienced that after going through periods of intense restriction for specific healing purposes. Mm -hmm. And then getting back to, you know, a healthy baseline. And it's more just a mental, social thing for me that I find and that I recommend for clients. Right? You've got to have those releases. We're human beings. You've got to be social. And food is such a social thing. And if you can't go out and eat with people, it... It can be, you know, it, it, it's... Well, it's uh, one of those roadblocks to yeah, so the it, life that we put in. It's taking mm -hmm. away from your life as opposed to adding to it. Because mm -hmm. we know that going out and being social and interacting with people helps us grow. Yeah. You know, it allows us to be triggered so that we can do more inner adventure. And, it, and it's, um, you know, going out and socializing is a, you know, you meet people who put their hand out and help you up. And mm -hmm. you put your hand out and help somebody else up. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's what allows us to grow yeah. and support each other and have the human interaction because we're as much as we are our soul here on earth we are here for the human experience mm -hmm. so that our soul can grow yeah right so. well and the human you know animal is a social creature yes. right so we need each other right um, and oftentimes the stress of worrying about doing the thing that's not ideal or healthy is worse for you than the actual thing so I always say you know if you're going to have pizza or beer enjoy it love that pizza and love that beer and just really let it absorb into you and have it with gratitude and give thanks and you know celebrate um and your body's going to work with it just fine i love right? that and i i'll tell you that that experience when i had when i was diagnosed with breast cancer and had to go through the major medical model i uh, part of my treatment was radiation mm. and so i remember going in and you went in for like 25 days in a row and got the weekends off so every day you'd go in and, and lie on the bed. And I remember just lying on the bed and envisioning that love was entering my body. Mm. That, that, you know, my body needed this to heal. It needed, because we do need, we still, as much as we can heal ourselves, we also need um, Western medicine. Eastern and Western medicine need to work together, right? Yes. And so I knew that I needed to have this treatment. And it was just pure love coming in and healing me. Mm. And so I, th I feel like when we, you know, if you eat the pizza and beer and, or you eat the cupcake or whatever it is, it is, you know, so often we're led to believe that that's so unhealthy for us. And then our yeah. mind latches on to that. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, well, I can't eat that because this is unhealthy for us. Yeah. And, you know, but, you know, if you, if you let go of those old beliefs and believe that everything is healthy for you, mm -hmm. you know, how would your life open up? Mm. I don't know. I just... Imagine a world like that where we're just led to believe that, you know, that we're not that we're not encumbered by these societal views and, you know, old beliefs. So. Yeah, and I mean, when we look at quantum physics, we know that that's really the case, right? Mm -hmm. And how we observe something changes the very nature of the something. Yes. Um, so I'm I'm fully of the you know. A, I'm open to the idea that if someone believes something 100% mm -hmm. truly, um, that yeah, we can make miracles happen. We can change, you know, water to wine or something. You know, all these things are possible. Um, I'm not there yet, personally, but I'd like to think I'm getting closer. It's a journey. Um, I'm, I mean, am I totally there yet? No. There are times where I will indulge in and still feel a little bit of guilt. And it's just, again, it's an opportunity for me to go deeper and an and awareness that I still have a little bit more adventure to experience mm -hmm. before I really get to the place where I'm just trust, you know, fully surrendered to trust and faith. Mm -hmm. 
But I love, I love that you used that visualization during your treatment, right? Because, and I love to see studies done on this type of thing, right? Where they have a certain population that's doing, you know, visualizing healing energy coming through the body, and another group who don't get told anything, um, and who knows what they're thinking. They may be in a fear state. They may be thinking, "Oh, this is damaging my tissue," or whatever it is. And just seeing how those two, you know, recover and heal and progress through their treatment. Because I would imagine it'd be a pretty stark difference. Well, I can, I can tell you what my experience was. So I'm very fair-skinned, as you can see. Mm -hmm. And so when I went in for radiation, they said to me, you're, you're likely going to burn. Mm. And my mom had burned very badly when she was diagnosed with breast cancer years and years and years ago. Okay. And so they, give, they tell you to use this cream. And um, so I started to use it. And I, I used it one day and had a really bad allergic reaction to it. Mm. And so I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to use this. And so I did, I did find some gel that I could, you know, bought at the naturopathic store. And so I used that from time to time. I didn't, my body had no burning, mm. like literally no burning. And, mm. and the doctors were amazed. And when I showed them the gel that I was using and they said, there's no scientific backing to that gel. Yeah. There's no scientific. But then they watched me over the period of time mm -hmm. that I was undergoing treatment and there was no burning and they're amazed. Mm -hmm. And so, interestingly enough, um, I was near the end of my treatment and one of the doctors pulls me aside and asks me, can you just tell me about that gel that you had again? And so I said, oh, why? And he's like, there's somebody else in here who's having a really bad reaction. The, the cream that they were asking us to use had latex in it. I'm allergic to latex, mm. so turns out they've never heard of anybody being allergic to latex before, and this cream had never had an effect on somebody before. Now they had two of us. They had another patient that was coming into the, the radiation center, and she was having an allergic reaction. So they, mm. uh, then they asked me if I would be willing to give them the information about this, this gel. Mm. But it was just, to me, it was interesting because I don't know whether it was the gel that I was using yeah. or whether it was... The processing that I was doing with the radiation coming into my body as pure love energy. Mm -hmm. Whatever it was, I had the most amazing experience ever. Mm. So, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know if there's a scientific study that's been done. Um, Doubtful. I, I mean, I know on that particular gel, there there wasn't a scientific study because the doctor said, "Oh, there's no, there's nothing that's been done." So, mm -hmm. but that I would love to see that where we take sort of two schools of feeling and bring them into and yeah that would be amazing well I think that's what we're moving towards mm -hmm. right I think that's what folks like us are really pushing for um, and I've seen stuff online about you know places in the east where they have medicineless hospitals and so forth um, and it's mostly done through meditation and, and energy work right mm -hmm. because that's from my understanding that's a more fundamental aspect of reality than this physical stuff um, so if you can change things on that level, the physical can't not change as well. It, it, um, I think we're we're at the stage where right now we need for them both to work together. Mm -hmm. So you know, when we have, and I'll, I'll put my meta, medical intuitive hat on right now. Um, we have energy centers in the body, and so when we have things that happen to us in our life, traumas that come in, it creates energetic congestion. Like bottlenecking, like you would mm -hmm. see on a highway. So, and then energy congests in an area, 
And if we're not listening to our body, or we don't take action in support of ourselves, a physical symptom will manifest. Mm -hmm. Once you've gotten to the place where a physical symptom has already manifested, you need to see a doctor. I mean, there, there needs to be some help in, in healing that. Because we're not at a place right now where there's enough out there that can... We, I mean, I've heard of people doing it. I've seen it happen. But it's no, we're not at the place where it's we can do it on our own yet. Mm -hmm. So there needs to be something, some interaction with the doctor. But at the same time, there's this piece over here. So it's not one or the other. In my opinion, right now, it's bringing both of them together. Yeah. And there are a lot of doctors out there who are buying into this theory that you know, there is emotional work that needs to be done to help the healing. Mm -hmm. you know, that's why we see reoccurring disease. That's why we see chronic pain, because they're going to the, people are going to the doctors, they're getting a pill. They're taking action, supporting themselves to, to heal that physical symptom. Mm -hmm. But there's still energy congestion in the body. It's yeah. still present there. So we need to do that sort of inner adventure that I talked about in order to bring healing to that. And sometimes it's really just an awareness. So, you know, sometimes you bring... And I get emails every once in a while that say, "Oh, I, you know, when they've when people have reached out for an intuitive assessment, mm -hmm. and I book a time to talk about their assessment with them, often I'll get an email saying, "Oh, I've already feel the healing because mm. it's energy. It's already started. You've already taken action in support of yourself. Mm. And so often it's just bringing a little bit of awareness to what's going on, and then the healing you know, starts to begin, mm -hmm. which is really." To me, it's a magical process. Definitely. But yeah, there's there's a need for for doctors to be there's a role for them. Yeah. You know, with a, there's a scientific role for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're yeah. we're lucky that we're we're blessed to live in a world where we can bring both of those to the forefront. And you know, I would love to see. You know, I th I feel like with Trudeau being brought into power, that there will eventually be a shift. Mm. Um because he's so supportive of that kind of, or feels to me like he's really supportive of, of what, of an alternative sort of medical system as well. So. I think personally that's true. And I mean, his wife's a Kundalini yoga instructor, which it doesn't get more far out than that, really. And she's on his pillow every night. Yeah. I mean, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, there's hope. There's definitely hope. I mean, I wonder what you can really do in a political system at this point. That's... I, I mean, I just wonder, just because mm -hmm. there's so much momentum and corporate interests at play. But eventually, it's going to happen, right? Yeah. People are going to demand it, and the economy is going to demand it, I believe, because, you know, it's going to be money-saving eventually. I think it's going to come down to dollars, um, because we'll be able to prove that using an integrated approach is not only safer and more effective in most cases, but it's cheaper, right? It takes the burden off the major medical model. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, I know for me, when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, I was diagnosed in February. My surgery was in April. So, mm. you know, for, for someone who, you know, and I, I mean, I was okay. I, you know, was there a little bit of s being scared in there? For sure. I'd be lying if, I, if there wasn't. Mm -hmm. um, but I went to Florida on vacation, had a beautiful holiday before my surgery, and was able to let go of the notion that I had cancer in my body. Mm. Um, I was going somewhere with this. But I've forgotten where it is. If, if okay, here's here's the whole idea was that I had to wait a period of time before I had the surgery, mm -hmm. and for 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 a lot of people, that's such a scary time. Mm -hmm. And so you're under a tr you're already got cancer, and then you're under a tremendous amount of stress waiting for treatments. Mm -hmm. And so 
you know, it's, it's having these things available to you so that you can go, so you don't feel like you're at somebody else, the mercy of somebody else. Yeah. You know, you, that you can actually be proactive in your health and take those actions for yourself. Well, it comes back to the responsibility piece, right? Um, which is such a huge thing, right? We, we seem to live in a culture where a lot of people don't want to take responsibility for anything. Right? They want to blame someone else. It's always someone else's fault. It's not me. Um, and because it, it can be a hard pill to swallow. Right? And I've been there as well. And I remember, um, I mean, first of all, I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for Western medicine. Right? Because my appendix ruptured when I was 18. Mm. So I would have been done. You know, 18 years old, I would have been done. Um, so I'm grateful for that. Right? But, you know, I always say that. You know, the medical system kept me alive, but it couldn't teach me how to be well. And that's not that. its function. love hearing that, Brian. That's not its function. And that's okay. Right? And as long as we can recognize that that's not its function, and that there's other spaces that need to be filled to build out this integrative network, um, and that it has a role, right? It's great for trauma. It's great for surgery. It's great for, you know, critical times. Um, but if you have a chronic condition, it's not usually going to solve it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, doctors in the pharmaceutical industry, they're, they're, they're going to be put into their place in a sense and hopefully accept that and not have to control everything. I think um, they're going to open up. I, I feel like they're going to open up. Mm -hmm. There is an opening that's happening. There's an, integrative, there's an integrative practitioner conference that takes place in Toronto in the fall. Mm. And I was, we had a booth there this year, and I mean, the amount of doctors that were there, and the, and the speakers they had, these doctors are starting to understand that there's a connection. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it's just, it's, it's like, my partner often says, one degree, sh one degree shift. Actually, when we started dating, the furnace in the house, he would say, I'm just going to move it up one degree. And I'd, I would go, one degree? Like, what, what is like that going to do? Right. Yeah. And then I began and like the observer, I began to feel that one degree at, at a very deep level mm. and, and how that reflects in all areas of our life. Just that one little degree of shifting has a massive impact. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's an, like, another exciting part of life. That we can just make these tiny shifts and open doors that we never thought possible. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like we're shifting one little degree at a time. Yeah, so, and I mean, I'm, I'm fairly new to the industry. I'm only, you know, I, I, um, I graduated just over a year ago and mm -hmm. I, I did teacher training and, and uh, the course in New York City at the same time, so I was overlapping. Mm -hmm. um, I'm new to center and the, the changes I've, I've experienced just in this past year with an openness and talking to doctors and 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 with with the general public because I feel like part of my role here is to main is to, to reach mainstream mm -hmm. um, has been amazing, amazing. Mm. So it's it's happening. It's out there, and you know the more demands we put on our major medical model, the more there is going to be demand for what what I'm doing mm -hmm. and what other energy healers are doing, and and we're starting to see it. I mean chiropractors 40 years ago were considered quacks yeah and look where they now they're a, a major part of our med, our medical model mm -hmm. you know the, and so we're seeing reiki practitioners in hospitals mm -hmm. 
right around here in in Toronto. Okay, we're seeing Reiki practitioners in the hospitals, mm. which is amazing. So yeah. there is, it's more. There's more coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's really just getting started, right? Mm -hmm. The whole shift in mindset. Yeah. 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 So. Very exciting times. Mm -hmm. Very exciting times. And I, I know from from in in the in the field of work that I do, Carolyn Mace. I don't know if you're familiar mm -hmm. with her. She wrote the book Spirit of the Anatomy and or Anatomy of the Anatomy Spirit. Of the Spirit. Anatomy of the Spirit. And and that was sort of the opening for medical intuition. Mm. You know, she wasn't a doctor. She was a journalist, and could just could could read people's energy and find the energetic congestion in their body, and was able to develop a model for for. You know, for example, you know, I think in her model that if, if you know, for example, you um, had a sore knee, that it was moving forward in life, that there was difficulty with that. Or a sore hip, there was um, maybe a, a, you know, hip set the pace at which we move in life. And so if we're not moving quick, too quick, quick enough for our bodies or, too, or we're moving too slowly for our bodies, then we will experience mm -hmm. pain in that area. Yeah. And so that was sort of the opening. And now I feel like it's even that is evolving. Um, because it's not so much just about understanding um, what the pain is and why our body's experiencing it, but it's about tracing it back to the origin. So we're even going deeper. We're not spending a lot of time in the past, you know, because I don't think that that's necessarily healthy for us. Mm -hmm. But what we're doing is we're touching that piece of ourselves, we're bringing understanding to it, and then we're taking action in support of it. And the action is key. Mm. You know, the, taking action is one of the most important factors to maintaining our overall health mm-hmm so. yeah it always makes me think of I think it's like an Eastern proverb of um, it's like you can slow down but you don't want to stop right mm -hmm. and like stagnant water breeds disease right right and you know we are water in many ways mm -hmm. um, so as long as you're moving in a direction you know you're likely gonna be okay you might take a few wrong turns and you know experience some, some choppy water but you're going to end up eventually getting to wherever it is that you've set yourself. We're, we're all where we are today. We're all where we need to be at any given moment. Mm. And we don't realize it. We put so much pressure on ourselves to understand why am I doing, why am I here? Why mm -hmm. am I needing to learn this? Um, but it, you know, and then you get, you know, and I, I had no idea when I received that book as a gift that I would be where I am today. Mm -hmm. And I, ha I didn't have the patience or the awareness to be really understanding with myself either because as soon as I read that book, I wanted to, I just wanted things to happen. I wanted to be somewhere and no idea where, but when we let go of that idea that we need to get somewhere and we just really be present in the moment and understand why, understand that we're here today because we're meant to be here. Mm -hmm. We don't know why yet. and. You know, maybe years down the road before we actually go, holy cow, now I understand why those steps were required for me to get, you know, to get here, even mm -hmm. though I didn't know where here was. Yeah. And so it's, it's a, you know, it's a gift. Yeah, a friend of mine says it as he's on, he's on a divine mission on a need-to-know basis, and he gets like one step at a time, right? Mm -hmm. um, we get so caught up in, in allowing the left brain to come in and try to unravel the mystery. Yeah. You know, the right side of our brain is, is full of creativity and letting, you know, just letting things happen. And, and just exploring and being excited and feeling in the moment. 
the left side always wants to come in and wants to know why. Why am I doing this? Let me analyze that. Should I buy the blue shirt or the green shirt instead of, mm-hmm. oh, I like the green shirt. I'll buy the green shirt. You know, it's yeah. And what left- came before and what's coming next and how can I prepare to make it work better? Or mm-hmm. How can I not do what I did before? It's tiring. You know, it's, it's a, good, tiring. a good way to gauge yourself. And I, I, I say this frequently, but one of the good ways to gauge yourself is you're, you're going on a trip. And uh, you decide you're going to use Airbnb as your to book your accommodations. I don't know if you've ever used that. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. But mm-hmm. anyway, so you go on there, and a right brain person, a creative person, will type in the city that they're going to, up a pop a number of different options for them. They'll maybe look at the first picture, click on it, and book it. it because they're using their feeling. They're mm-hmm. booking my feeling. A left brain person will get on there, look at the picture, look at all the pictures. Look at the amenities, call the individual, email them, how's parking, are there any restaurants close by, how long will it take me to get to the stadium, how, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And then, and then the, you know, it's just, you know, how much life are we giving up by doing that? Yeah. Let's just be more intuitive and be, go more with our feeling and, you know, we need our left brains. We need a balance. There's no question about it. Mm-hmm. But we've really been trained to be more left-brained yes we're not born that way no we're born to be explorers we're born to experience life to its fullest we're 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 born you know when people say to you what did you want to do when you were six years old and somebody said to you what do you want to be when you grow up do you remember what you wanted to be i think i wanted to be i went through phases but it might have been like a race car driver Right. I was really into cars for so a long time. So it was exciting. Yeah. You, you, that, and that came from you wanting that feeling within mm-hmm. you. And then you went to school. Mm-hmm. And what happened? You no longer wanted to be a race car driver. No. <laughs> because no. you were probably told you, race car drivers don't make a lot of money. Or it's not really feasible to, to put that aspiration out there that you wanted to be a race car driver. Yeah, yeah. And, and so then they said, okay, well now what do you want to be? And so then you're like, oh, well, what job is going to make me the most money? Yeah. And so then you start to take, be pulled off path mm-hmm. and into, into something that maybe doesn't align with you, is out of alignment with you. Mm-hmm. And so it's, so it's such a left-brained approach, our education system. I, I feel like they're making, again, there's one-degree shifts being made there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I can tell you on that, like I work with an organization called the Youth Wellness Network, and we're in schools working with kids. Right, so we'll have them meditating. We'll have them doing like little qigong exercises. We'll Michael, have them, or Michael Eisen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's so so fulfilling to see the little light bulbs and like you know, mm-hmm. them get it, them really get it, um, and get out of their heads and just go for it. Yeah. Right. And I couldn't help laughing when you're talking about the Airbnb thing because that's exactly how I was when I was in California last fall, um, not to a ridiculous extent. But I was definitely, you know, reading all the details and going back and forth a few emails with people and, um, yeah, it's just like a lot of work. How did you, did it feel like a lot of work when you were in the process of doing it? A little bit. I mean, I was organizing for like six of us, so it was a little bit more than if it was just me, right? Um, But in general, I mean, I definitely see how I, in the past, do that, you know, do more busy work than is necessary. Um, and just you know, muddle with the details to try and figure like the way the pro and con list mm-hmm. um, when if you just checked in with your gut you knew right off the bat what the answer was it's yes or no that's right well we, we, we just ask 
Mm-hmm. We, we, we often forget that we can just ask. You know, we can ask our body how it feels. We can ask ourselves what we're desiring at the moment. You know, and the answer, the answer is when we get into a place where we're more aligned with the right side of our brain, mm-hmm. um, the answers come in so easily. They just come in, like the answer today about the laundry, it just, the answer as to why I was feeling the way that I was in my body just came in very quickly, in seconds. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's really trying to work. Again, it's coming from a place of observance, knowing that when you go and do something, where am I, co- where am I coming from? Am I coming from a place mm-hmm. of left brain approach, needing to know, needing the numbers, the information, the, you know, all those things, or am I coming from a place of feeling? How does that feel to me? So you can sort of use that in your approach to everything. And, and you cultivate this shifting more to the right side of our brain because we're, we do come out of touch with that part of ourselves. Mm. And it creates an imbalance in us. Mm-hmm. And, and that, again, can bring congestion in our body and create illness. So if we're not in alignment with the left and right side of the brain, you know, there's actually three parts. And there's no, there's no, there's no um, surprise when we call it mind, body, spirit because there's three parts. There's thinking, feeling, and knowing. Mm. It's very similar, and so when we're not in alignment with those three things, that we can create energetic congestion in our bodies. Mm-hmm. So it's it's cultivating a practice as much as it's observing ourselves. It's cultivating a practice of shifting more into the right side of the brain. And one of the fun things you can do to sort of bring that upon yourself is finger paint. Mm. So as an adult, you know we've done it as kids, all of us, and we loved it. Let's be honest, that cold, wet paint and mm-hmm. just letting you know creating yeah you know it's a whole new experience when we do it as an adult Mm. and so it brings us so we're we're creating and we're feeling it's two things at the same time Mm. and it's it's cool it's powerful yeah yeah I can't remember the last time I finger painted probably kindergarten (laughs) they saw them at Walmart so you know okay okay (laughs) yeah I get a similar feeling oftentimes when I'm gardening and my fingers are in the dirt mm. and it's moist and there's worms and it's just, you know, this complex mixture of stuff. Yeah, and it feels so good. It is. Um, and, and yeah, it's just, and, and when, you, when you're in the feeling mode, you're, take, you're, you're coming completely out of the left brain mm. and connecting with your feelings and your knowing. And so it's, it's cultivating a practice that does that. And for a lot of people, it takes practice to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I, I talk about men, specifically about men, because, you know, they, you know, I don't, I don't know if you've read the book Iron John, mm-hmm. and, and we talk about men who have, you know, they're born, right today, in today's society, they're born, they're raised by women, primarily, because the men are often off at work, and even if the women are off at work, they're still coming into the arms of the mom at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And, and men are meant to be explorers, Right, and so, but now they're forced to go into jobs and offices. They, the the shifting of the roles at home has changed, so the woman takes on a little bit more of a masculine role, and so the mm-hmm. men are becoming more and more emasculated and taken away from from who they need to be. Mm-hmm. And so, how do, how is that affecting our health on an overall scale? I, I can tell you, for me, when I was going for treatments for breast cancer, my appointments were I wanted the first appointment in the morning because my mom was in the hospital 
And so what I would do in the same hospital, so I would have my appointment and then rush up to her room and spend a number of hours with her in the morning before I, I went about my day. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so you, when you're in the treatment center, you meet a lot of other people who are going through maybe not the same cancer as you, but going through the same sort of experience that you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. And so I met a lot of, I met some women for sure, but I met a lot of men with prostate cancer. I mean, mm. an overwhelming number of men with prostate cancer. And, and I, you know, I, there were many days where I, I, I went, you know, and I hadn't read Iron John yet. I'd read Way of the Superior Man. Mm. And I'd read, um, there's another one. There's another one, but I can't remember. It'll come to me. There's three books about men that I, Iron John, oh, Wild at Heart. Mm. by John Eldridge. I don't know if you've read that one. I haven't. Um, and so there's these three books. And, you know, I, I often found myself sort of sitting with the idea that men are so far away from who they, who they should or needed to be to be in alignment with themselves mm-hmm. that perhaps this is, you know, bringing forth things that we hadn't seen before. I, I will tell you, there's probably far more men being diagnosed with, and I don't have any empirical data on this, but there's probably a lot more men being diagnosed with prostate cancer than there was 30 or 40 years ago. And people will mm-hmm. say it's because the testing is better today. Mm. And, and maybe it is, maybe it's because men are much farther out of alignment. And it's the same with breast cancer. Maybe we are so far out of alignment with who we are meant to be, women. Mm-hmm. We, we, we take on masculine energy. We, we are more masculine in our roles. And you know, are we really meant to be that way? I don't know. Mm. Yeah, it's hard because I, I go back and forth between sort of, you know, the evolution of culture and the more fluidity um, between the masculine and the feminine poles. Mm-hmm. But there's still a biological reality of male and female. And hormones are powerful and they create, you know, that's the reason why we have differences because of hormonal triggers that go off. Um, when we're developing and then we have these two very distinct um, you know types of beings mm-hmm. and so I definitely a lot of the work that I do and that I want to do is to help get people back like I love the name of that book wild at heart um, the whole idea of getting back to our wild roots right innate being. Yeah, yeah. Just, it's incredible the feeling mm-hmm. and you know you it's a transformational journey mm-hmm. and often sadly it's not until we get to later stages in life where we're letting go of our work and stepping into retirement and we have that opening that allows us to be more in touch with who we are meant to be. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be lovely to see us being able to open up space, you know, from a young age. So te- educating from a young age. Yeah. Ha- educating like like you're doing with the youth wellness network, youth wellness, mm-hmm. just um, to be more in alignment, to be more authentic. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, it excites me. That's an opening. Yeah. It's such an opportunity. Yeah. And the other, the other thing that uh, I know still does go on, but not very much, and it's another, another piece I'm really passionate about creating, is rites of passage, particularly for young men. Um, for women as well, though, right? I mean, women have the biological cue that they're now entered womanhood because they start having their moon cycle. Mm-hmm. But men don't have that, right? Initiation. Yeah, and so we have got a lot of man boys walking around 
who, you know, they've never matured and they've never had to really like man up and go through something really challenging and push themselves and prove themselves to know, okay, I can handle that. Yes. Right? Have you heard of Reclaim Your Inner Throne? I don't think so. Yeah, there's a program for men that my partner actually just uh, had gone through. Hmm. And, it's, and it is that. It's that right, it is going through the underworld and, and reclaiming your inner throne. And it takes you through all sorts of stages of that. The underworld, the lover, the, it's much like the Iron hmm. John book hmm. sets out. And uh, you know, I'm not going to speak for him. All I can say is my experience, my feeling with him now, he went through a transformational journey. Mm. And our connection has deepened mm. because he's more in alignment with who he's meant to be. Yeah, and then the polarity is strengthened, right? The masculine and feminine poles. That's right. Yeah, yeah. you know, and you know, it's great because he bought a little crown for me. I'm his, he's now mm. he's graduated, so he's a king, and now I'm his queen, which nice. is much like that, right? It's like, yeah, that polarity. I love it. Mm. It's amazing. I feel like I'm in like the young hunter stage. <laughs> so I'm learning how to hunt and like go out there and like gather resources and you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's incredible and so essential, so so essential. Um, and it, and it brings up the point of how if we are in relationship with somebody, how we need to be supportive of each other's journey in that mm. way, to allow them to open up and and be more of who they need to be. Yeah. And. You know, because it deepens the connection. It deepens the connection to source, the God, God, universe, whatever it is that you call it. Mm -hmm. But it also deepens connection soul to soul. Mm -hmm. And to me, that you know, it's as much you know we call it a conscious relationship. Um, but it's really about being more supportive of each other's journey and compassionate for you know the, what they may be going through at any given time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and respecting the differences, right? And there's this whole political correctness around equality. And as far as I can tell, equality is a myth. Right? It doesn't exist in the natural world. And that might be hard for some people to hear, and they don't want to accept it. But it seems to be a pretty you know, fundamental truth that there is no equality, and people don't have the same resources and access to opportunity when they're born. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's just the way it is, right? That's just the way it is. Um, and so I find, you know, coming to peace with that and just doing the best you can with the cards you've been dealt, right? Does, what else can we do, really? Um, we can get stronger. Well, that's what I mean, right? Because yeah, you can we, cultivate, you can, you, you, you know, you're not born equal, but you can work and develop yourself. That's right. And express more of your potential, right? We've all got infinite potential. I definitely believe that. See, what happens, I feel, is that you know, we get stuck in our stories often. Mm. So like I said before, I, often don't, I don't even often want to know the story because, you know, what are you, what act, me to, what's more interesting is what action are you taking in your life to step away from the story? Mm. And, and because once we, we step away from the story, we're able to be more authentic, more in alignment with who we are because our stories seek to keep us stuck. Mm. Right? There's a bit of sabotaging that goes on. You know, I can't do this because of this. I can't do that because of that. You know, when we step away from that and know that we can do anything, anything that we choose to do, anything that's in alignment with us that we feel right, we feel right about, mm -hmm. um, it, sh it changes the story. It mm. changes the story. So it's, to me, it's, 
it's stepping away from the story, stepping out in front of whatever, you know, seek to keep us small mm-hmm. or stuck. And, and it's life altering. Yeah. Yeah, another great analogy that a friend gave me was that sort of each day, you can view each day as a treadmill, right? And one revolution is one day. And we get to draw on the treadmill, you know, whatever we want to create for our life. And so many of us draw the same thing or very similar thing every day, even if we hate it, right? We might hate the drawing or like mm-hmm. this ugly drawing. This is retarded. This is stupid. Why am I doing this? This is, you know, this doesn't feel right. What, you know, all these different things. Not recognizing that we're the one drawing, right? Because we're just on autopilot and we're going through our days and it's all habitual and it's all subconscious. Yes. Um, but yeah, really recognizing that you have a choice. Right? You always have your choice, but you have to be aware of it first, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I agree. It's, it's funny that you say that because I, I I'd watched a video last night with Glennon Doyle Melton. I don't know if you know her. She wrote no. a book called Love Warrior, Love Warrior. which is really about book. stepping out in front of the blame, shame, and guilt using mm. her story. And then the video last night, she talked about her grandfather worked in a mine. And so what they would do is they would take a caged canary down with them into the mine. Mm. And, you know, they would work away while this canary sang to them. And then, you know, when the canary stopped singing, they knew there was too many toxins in the air. Mm. So, you know, and so I, I look at that in our own lives. And, you know, we're born singing. We really and truly are born singing. And then there's toxins in form mm. of triggers and things out there, the noise out there that stops us from singing. Mm-hmm. And when we are able to find a quiet space and really reconnect with ourselves and start to really do that inner adventure stuff, and then you can start to hear the canary voice coming. Mm. And then, and, and that's when we become strong and that's when we can step into any situation and that noise doesn't stop the singing from happening any longer. Mm. You know, I hear people will often say to me, well, I can't go to this party because I'm in the middle of a shift and I go there and there's, there's all kinds of energies out there and, and, it, and it, it affects me. And I think that's okay, like it's okay for that part of your journey, but we, we ideally want to get to a place where we can go to anything mm-hmm. and have that inner strength support us and we're not affected by the energies or the people. Or We can look at those things like an, as another opportunity to examine ourselves, mm-hmm. to observe ourselves. Mm-hmm. And instead of you know, feeling like our energy is going to get affected or we're going to be low, we're going to take on the vibration of that person because we don't, we don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that quite a bit with people in sort of the spiritual community who are very empathic, right? And they almost talk about their empathy um, or that, that, you know, that capability as a, in like a victimhood sense. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm too sensitive, right? Um, and we're almost, sen- I mean, I'm sensitive no, yeah, too, but But I, that's why you can train, right? And yes. develop the tools and develop the awareness to protect yourself, right? To not be so open because it is a crazy world. And sometimes you don't want to have your heart wide open, right? You want to have it, you know, safely, partially open type of thing. We can, you know, again, often it's a story that we tell ourselves. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I, I take on other people's energy, so I can't do that. And then we tell people that, and then it's our story, and then we're hiding prophecy. behind it. Mm-hmm. And we're hiding behind that story. Instead of stepping out in front of it and saying, I'm stronger than that. Mm. You know, and, and, I, and I think there were times where I probably did that. When I was studying medical intuition, you know, part of medical intuition is you can't enter into anyone's energy field without getting permission to do so. Mm. So I don't read anybody unless I've been asked to do it. Um, but I will tell you that there, and we call it kind of lurking. And when you do go out and, and you feel energy from other people, and you can easily enter it. But you don't. You stop yourself. So there's no story there. I'm not, I, can't, mm. I can't not go to a, a social function because I'm going to start reading people's energy. You know, I'm stronger than that now. So mm. I can go and experience and know what, I, know what I do for a living and experience the joy of whatever it is I'm at and not have to worry about taking on other people's energy or feeling mm. them. Or, yeah, so it's, it's just really about cultivating strength within ourselves mm-hmm. and really working to step out of those stories. And, and, you know, we often keep, we'll create one story and then that story will turn into another story, which will turn into another story. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, they're all leading us in the direction that we need to go, but at the same time, at some point, we've got to say, okay, I'm stronger than that story. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm no longer going to abide by those rules of the story. Mm-hmm. I'm going to step out and, and be my more authentic self and who I'm al- you know, in alignment with who I'm meant to be. Yeah, and really get clear on what's actually true. Right, what is actually true in this moment, mm-hmm. um, which is oftentimes so, you know, such the opposite of what the story is. Mm-hmm. Um, MC, ooh, okay, we're we've been going an hour, so we're gonna wrap shortly. I want to ask a couple questions. The first is, and we we named some some fantastic resources, um, but the first question I like to ask people. And maybe you can flip this into your own way, but it's what have you recently or are currently in the process of letting go of? Okay, well, you just opened another door, Brian. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Which I've just written a book. I'm writing a book in the process of writing a book with mm. a, another medical intuitive in Chicago named Nikki Hopewell. Mm. And it's about, um, it's called Shifting into High Gear, A Guide to Listening to Your Body. Mm. And, and one of the pieces of the book where we, we talk about letting go um, what does letting go mean? And this is part of building the strength. Letting, when we say, I'm going to let it go, it implies that it's going out there. It's, it's leaving us in some way. Mm. I'm of the belief that it's, it's virtually impossible to let go. Mm. It's, it's always with us, but we can step out from whatever it is that we're feeling like we need to let go of. Mm. Right? So, am I, what am I in the process of letting go of? I would tell you I'm in the process of getting stronger mm. in, in, versus letting go of something. Mm. I'm in, in the process of coming to a deeper understanding of myself. Mm. I'm in the process of connecting to God at a, at a, at a level that I've never experienced before. Mm. Um, all those things. But there's not really anything I'm letting go of because I don't mm. feel like I need to. Wonderful. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. <laughs> it triggered in me this sort of idea of um, rather than letting go, sort of surrendering to. I like the word surrender. I like that whole concept. Love that. Surrendering to the divine, surrendering or even to surrendering. Trust and faith. Yeah, surrendering to you know, yeah, the faith of your own strength, mm-hmm. right? The faith that you'll get through it. Yeah. Um, so I love that. 
Yeah. I love that. I hear, I hear it a lot. Like I, and I'll ask people. And I'm always open to, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, mm. But I, I'm open to hearing. And I, you know, I often ask people. And you know, sometimes I'm told, oh, well, you let it go. And it gets transmuted by the universe with love. And, you know, and if that makes you feel better, if that works for you, that's great. I, I'm not one to judge. I just know mm. for me, I don't have a belief that you can let go of something and have it just... Mm-hmm. Because if it were be if it were that easy, we would invite one painful moment in after another because we could just let it go. Mm. But we can't. It's not that simple. Mm. Or or why why would we avoid pain if it were that simple that we could just let it go? Mm. Right? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe to learn. Maybe to just have the experience. Maybe we haven't gotten the lesson yet. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you do invite pain in. It, does it ever leave you? Because our body has a memory. Mm. So it, it's not as simple as just saying, oh, poof, it's gone. I, I mean, if yeah. if there is a way, I mean, I'd love to hear about it. <laughs> yeah. No, it makes sense. It's rather disengaging rather than letting go. Yeah. Right? Because if we are all connected all the time, right, everything in the universe is connected in some grand fashion, then, yeah, it makes sense that... It's understanding. Mm-hmm. It's understanding whatever it is that we feel like we need to let go of and then take action in support of ourselves. Mm. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that. The last question I like to ask is, what are three, and these can be quick, they can be books, documentaries, experiences, what mm-hmm. have you, three resources that you'd like to share that have been helpful along your journey, Okay. Maybe in addition to some of the things you've mentioned. So the first thing, the book is "Take Me to the Take Me to the Truth" mm. uh, by Nuke Sanchez, and um, I think I forgot the other gentleman's name. I think did you write Either it? Down? Way, take me okay. to the truth. Yeah, take me to the truth. Amazing book. Um, Love Warrior by Glennon Doyle Melton. And there is, there's a lot of videos out there by someone named Brene Brown. Mm. Have you heard of her? Yep, yep. She has done a video on shame. She has done video on trust. Um, and there's one other one. but if Vulnerability? See, vulnerability. And I, those were transformational for me. I mean, there's been, I mean, I, I could probably list off a million things that I've done that have been transformational for me, but those three things... I think will resonate with just about everybody mm. in some way. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, thank you. Thank you. I feel like we could chat for two more hours <laughs> easily, right? But for the, you know, the purposes of this evening, we'll, we'll wrap it up. Maybe we'll do a part two sometime. Love that. Um, but then, yeah, thank you thank for you. coming here. And I just want to take a minute to acknowledge you for, you know, the journey you're on and the work that you're doing and the gifts that you're sharing. Thank um, you. And just this strength and belief that I get from you that's just really empowering. Thank you. Likewise, yeah. I love the work that you're doing. I mean, you're, you're building a community. Mm. And, and it's a service, which is lovely. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. The Thank rebirth you. the rebirth of a global tribe is, how, is the story I tell myself, at least. Um, and so it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And thank you, everyone, who's here live. We've got a nice little intimate crowd here at Alternity. And if people were with us on the stream, hopefully you could hear. Um, Either way, this was recorded on a better microphone and will be shared in the future. Um, But I thank you for tuning in. 
and have a blessed evening.
I spent my days sitting and wishing that I could get permission to change my position. But instead of sitting in division, I honed in on transition, beat myself into submission, and strode into remission. What I guess it's my decision when I say I'm on a mission for divine recognition for that Godhead. Listen to the light that is shown right in front of you. You already know what it is you gotta do. Well, I say go with the flow and don't exert too much force. When you are in doubt, you gotta stay the course. Keep your eyes forward to the light that will shine on all of us together, 'cause we're headed towards Zion. Now all of us together, 'cause we're headed towards Zion, yeah. Well, I say go do you. Now travel far, share your stories and earn your scars. It's you. Said you are the one you will answer to when this life is done. Don't waste a minute. Jump in the river, wash yourself clean so you can deliver you the story of you, the story of you, the story of you, the story.